Well, good morning. Yeah, it is uh, another fantastic morning and welcome. And I just want to give you a heads up that having some computer issues this morning. So we're going to see how this all works out, my friends. But uh, I just want to give you another opportunity to grab a cup of coffee if you haven't already done so, right? Or your cup of tea. We're, we've got another fun day ahead of us. So put on the brakes, grab the cup of whatever you're going to have and join the conversation because it's time for Coffee Breaks with Steve. Listen, it is Saturday, June 4th, 2022. I'm going to look and see who's signing in here. Say hell, some hellos. There's Jerry Zetterval. Good morning. Shalan is here. Good morning, Jason. Jay. Alan McCormick. Carla's here. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all here. I don't know what the weather is like in your neck of the woods. It's a little bit gray and drizzly here in Spokane today. That's okay. We're still in the springtime. Still good to have a little bit of the spring weather, right? Say April showers bring May flowers. April May showers bring a reminder that we need the rain. All right. Um, yeah, it's, Jason says it's been raining since January there. So what are you going to do? Well, it's uh, listen, if you're tuning in live, this morning, make sure you do say hello, as many of you were doing. Say hello in the chat so we know you're here. Make sure once we get into our topic that you join in the conversation. If you tune into this later, hi, Rick, and uh, you watch this in its recorded fashion, you're still welcome to make your comments and join in. This is uh, this is your community. This is your coffee break as much as it's mine. So, Shalane, we got to do this, right? Oh, my goodness. Well, quick update, because I know people keep asking why we're still broadcasting from uh, Ellen and Kathy's house, where Carol and I have been staying since February, the beginning of February. We did buy a house uh, over a month ago. I think it's over a month ago now, about a month ago, maybe, that we closed. But we've been continuing to work to kind of get things ready and organized and moved in. It's amazing how much... Um, is involved when we've had we've had items furniture and a lot of stuff in storage in some cases for several years because we sold our house in california moved into an apartment there downsized quite a bit and so now we're trying to you know you get into any new place from where you were and you're kind of reconfiguring where do things go how does furniture fit etc you do that when you've had stuff in storage for a few years. And for the last several months, the remainder of our belongings that we were using the last few years have also been in storage. So now we're trying to figure out what fits in the new house. And we're also, we've made some repairs and changes and upgrades. And so we think that this next week, we're going to be completely moving in. And let's see what happens next Saturday. Very, very good chance that uh, we could be broadcasting live from there. So we'll see how that works and uh, keep you posted on that. 
Um, before we introduce our guest this morning, I'm going to share a few special days. They're coming up. The first of all, today, June 4th, is Hug Your Cat Day. Shalan and a few of you others out there, I know that's important for you. You want to hug those cats. I get it. Um, it doesn't say Hug Your Dog Day, but listen, if you have a a furry-based family member, it could be a feather-based, even a scale-based family member, you want to hug them today, I'm going to say go ahead and do it. But it is officially Hug Your Cat Day. It's also, also wait a minute, wow, the syllables aren't working as well this morning. Um, it is also today National Cheese Day. National Cheese Day. Do you have a favorite kind of cheese? And probably it depends on what you're making. Like if you're doing the grilled cheese sandwich, do you go with American cheese? Do you go with cheddar cheese? Do you go with Swiss cheese? What do you do? And if you're just picking a cheese to, um, to eat, do you have a favorite? Like we know when the grandkids are here, we get the, the uh, mozzarella cheese sticks and they like to eat those. We also have grandkids who really like to have the cheddar cheese. If you're a cheddar cheese person, are you mild, medium, or sharp cheddar? And again, does it depend on what you're making, what you're eating? So those are just things to consider on National Cheese Day. Um, thought I'd throw that in. June 5th, happy birthday to Diana Wilson. Uh, I don't think Diana's tuned in, but uh, if anybody in her household is is on here today and you want to pass that along, tomorrow is Diana Wilson's birthday. June 6th, this day in history, it's, it is D-Day, D-Day Day. June 6th is the day in 1945 when the Normandy landings of the uh, Allied forces in France that kind of marked the beginning of the end of World War II. There was another full year of battles before um, before the war ended, even in Europe, almost a full year and more than a year before it ended in uh, the Pacific. But that was, this was the day, June 6th, that that landing took place. Then June 7th, this is a biggie, people. June 7th is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Any chocolate ice cream fans out there, again, it's kind of like hug your cat day. Some of you are going, well, I just like, I have other flavors of ice cream that I like to eat. Listen, nothing says you can't eat the other flavors. It's just that the 7th is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. June 8th, Best Friends Day. Best Friends Day. It's a day to acknowledge your best, your BFFs. And, uh, and maybe spend some time with those friends, even if you don't get to see them in person. Maybe there's an opportunity for a virtual visit or something of that nature. And then June 9th is National Strawberry Rhubarb. National Strawberry. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's amazing that we're talking about communication today because apparently I can't. Um, but the ninth is National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. I think we've talked about this in years past on the show. We're talking about national days. I don't see Brenda, uh, Brenda Dernell on here, but Brenda is a big pie baker. And I think she has talked about actually making that the strawberry rhubarb pie is one of her favorites. So I'll have to watch later this week on Facebook to see if Brenda makes one of those rhubarb pies. If you have a special day this week uh, of your own, I mentioned uh, Diana's birthday, but if you have a birthday, an anniversary, something else special that happens during this week and we haven't acknowledged it, make sure you put it in the chat here so that we can recognize your special day. I see Kathy Garlic has joined the conversation. Carla, 
Uh, Carol is out here. Uh, let's see, anybody else? Just looking to see who has joined in. Okay, listen, I'm going to get into our topic today, which is about communication. And before I bring on Lisa Steele, I just want to let you know a little bit about why I even wanted to do this day or this topic. And, and it really comes down to, I mean, it's personal experience. You know, you, you think to yourself that we all, if we're in this, if we're, for instance, if you're in the same country and you speak the same language or at least a similar language, I know that there are people out there for whom English is not their first language, but for the most part, people we encounter in our personal life and in our professional lives, we're speaking the same language. And in many cases, we're utilizing the same vocabulary. We've known each other sometimes, many times, for long periods of time, sometimes our entire lives. We've worked with people over a long period of time, and we're working in environments where we're using the same vocabulary. And yet, how many times do we find that either in sending the message, we don't say what we're really trying to get across, um, Carol and I often laugh about the fact that we will both do this. We will both come in out loud saying something to the other one in the middle of a thought process. We've been thinking it and you start sort of midway through and the other one of us is going, what are you talking about? We do that as senders. As receivers, we struggle sometimes to comprehend what's being said. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about our filters, our perceptual sets and, and different things like that. I want to get to scientific about this, but we filter things based on our own perspectives, our own experiences, our own biases, that type of thing. And I mean, I've noticed it recently as Carol and I are getting moved into this house that we will try to communicate with each other ideas about what we want to do, what needs to get done, what we're thinking about putting in which spot in the house. And one of us will say something, the other one says, okay, I can't even understand, I can't even picture what you're talking about. And so I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation about our communication faux pas, our communication challenges. And uh, I wanted to bring Lisa Steele in and tell you a little bit about her before she joins the conversation. Lisa is executive director of the Simulation Center at Pacific Northwest University. You may say, what's the Simulation Center? I'll, I'll let her explain that when she gets here in a minute. But Overall, she has more than 10 years of experience directing medical simulation centers and operations. She has clinical background as a nurse and in public health and is currently working on her doctorate in business with an emphasis in organizational leadership. A key facet in her career is coaching and advancing students, colleagues, her team and others, including taking on tough situations to invoke necessary change. Talk about needing to be able to communicate well to do those things, right? Lisa is always up for a challenge, gravitating towards roles that require process improvement and change management, and like Mary Poppins, moving on to the next person in need once her job is done. I love that statement right there. And so we get um, we get to enjoy Lisa's Mary Poppins elements, and we're going to talk to her because of all her experience in teaching, in coaching, in leading, in public speaking. Uh, she has great perspective on communication. So let me just introduce Lisa Steele. And Lisa, thanks for being here this morning. Absolutely. Can everybody hear me all right? I can hear you. So hopefully we'll, we'll yeah. watch in the chat. But, uh, and it looks like, oh, you're, are you outside at a favorite? Oh, look at that. 
I am. I am. So my mornings start real early. <laughs> I'm usually up by about 530. So by the time I do coffee break, I'm probably out and about somewhere. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm glad you're joining us. Welcome to Coffee Breaks with Steve. Thank you for taking the time. And I kind of want to jump into this. And again, I want to encourage the people in the chat here. Ask your own questions. Provide your own perspectives, maybe your own experiences and stories and some of the mess ups in communication or what you have learned to do in certain situations to overcome those challenges. But uh, the first question, I guess, is just a real basic one for you to answer from your perspective, Lisa. And that is what I mentioned earlier. You know, why do human beings who live in the same area, who, who enjoy the same language, so often misunderstand or misinterpret each other? What's our issue? Yeah, so I think there's a few. Um, one of them, and as you were chatting and talking and introducing, one of the things that really came to my mind is we sometimes take for granted the cultural norms that we have, and especially as you get close in proximity and in relationship to people. So I was thinking about that with teams, with your work colleagues at work. Um, there's a barrier initially in trying to develop that team and get that synergy, but once you get it, it's almost a uh, okay, well, we know what we're talking about. And you and your wife talking about that, we're trying to describe the same thing. It's we leave out the details. Um, expertise is the worst for that. So the more expert you get at something, the more you are not good at teaching it. I apologize if there are any math teachers in the world, but in this room, but there are real difficulties in teaching math. And, and it's a great example because I can get to the right answer and I know it in my head, but God help me trying to explain it to someone else and break it down in all of yeah. the parts. You so just mentioned, yeah. And you just mentioned something about the team dynamic and I know you and, and I and many in this room have probably gone through similar trainings over the years. They talk about the life cycle of teams and it really ties into that communication, the forming, storming, norming, performing, and then anytime any dynamic changes, it can be an environmental dynamic, it can be the change in a team member, you go back to that storming aspect because you're reevaluating and reestablishing those norms, those communication right. processes. And yeah, I think it really does happen a lot. In fact, my experience, I know I would say it this way, my expectation in my professional life was always Look, we use the same vocabulary. I know Carol, uh, my wife, also worked in the in the medical profession, the healthcare mm -hmm. field. And there are so many acronyms and so many things that, first of all, that creates issues when you're talking to other people. You go you're going back to what you said, Lisa. We get into um, we get into a certain sort of internal speak where we use certain words, certain vocabulary, certain acronyms that are common within our work setting. And we sometimes forget that people outside don't know those same right. words and acronyms. But even within professional settings, I worked in, I had two different careers. I worked in the insurance industry for 20 years. I worked in the nonprofit industry for 20 years, more than 20 years in both cases. But there are certain vocabularies, certain things that are common, both in terms of, of individual words and phrases. And yet how many times we still don't seem to communicate well in those professional settings, but even in, in, you know, in personal settings too. And do you find that there's a big difference between our communication professionally, our communication personally, or do we run into the same issues and the same challenges and maybe need to look for the same 
solutions in both of those settings? I think that, well, so if she lands on here, she's going to laugh because she hears this a lot. So sometimes I think it's about finding themes because we always want to go to the nuance, the piece, the specific, the what do I fix here? And often what I relate it to is we're fixing a symptom, not the root of the problem. Oh. So, um, you know, some of those those roots are, yes, there's cultural norms. I mean, you talk about that. One of the first things I say to healthcare professionals is you're becoming at least bilingual, if not more so, um, because you're going to speak medical jargon and you have to break that communication down for your patient at a patient level without making them feel belittled and dismissed and negative and not like they can just not understand anything. So there's there's a lot of nuances to it. But I think that gets into the other pieces. A communication fail is not always the person delivering fail. Sometimes it's the receiving end. And I think there's a lack of personal accountability for that. So I didn't understand the information coming at me. I walked out and put out a wrong output or got offended or whatever that response, that reaction was. And I feel justified because I was offended. Yeah. I'm not really a, a justified person. It's, you know, you are absolutely well entitled to have your reaction, but that does not mean that you can discount someone else's response to it. So taking that personal accountability, I think that happens on a personal level and in a team level. Um, emotion, good Lord, if emotion isn't the biggest problem in communication. <laughs> um, when we feel real passionate about something, we usually don't communicate well. So a lot of our strong personalities, and I know when I say that, everybody got a vision of someone they know that is defined as a strong personality. Um, we often critique that strength, and the reality is I know where they stand. Regardless of how harshly they communicate, I at least know where they're at. Somebody who's more passive or more quiet or under the surface, they actually cause more of my communication problems in a, in a professional setting because they brew and bubble underneath the surface and nobody sees it coming. And then by the time it comes, it's already had such a foundation setting and there's so many people on board. Good luck getting ahead of it. So, uh. and I think those emotions lead into nonverbal. So I think if I captured like main themes just off the cuff, thinking off the top of my head, those are the big ones. Um, we know such a thing as universal communication, a wave is a hello, but we take it for granted. Um, yeah. There are a lot of facial expressions that are assumed to be cultural norms, lack of eye contact. Some cultures, that's disrespect, um, is to look somebody straight in the eye. So, so many factors there. And I think they're similar across teams and personal lines. But I think, um, I think if you create a good team dynamic, your team is as personal as your personal relationships at home. And if we think of it from the frame of who do you spend more time with, your home people, your friends you see once a week, or your colleagues. Um, yeah. I'd say they're pretty pretty personal by the end of the day yeah. if you build a good team. And then you have to treat it like a personal relationship because you're going to start taking things for granted and thinking you explained well <clears throat> and needing to re-explain, and that's okay. I had a, a boss years ago who he was not he he wasn't always a great boss. I mean, I, 
I, I have no problem with people who are type A personality and strong leaders, strong bosses. He was, um, he had some dysfunctional elements. Like I remember starting with the company and meetings go into the, I was in the executive team and we do get these management team meetings and particularly he and, and one other person would get into, into these screaming matches during these meetings. And I was like almost ready to get up and leave the room thinking a fist fight was going to break out. They'd get done screaming at each other about some issue and they'd both just kind of go like, oh, that felt good. And, you know, you could see other people in the room were kind of left with shrapnel all over them. But um, and I finally actually confronted him about that and let him know that it was it was troublesome for me. And to his credit, he didn't try to justify anything. He said, you know, I appreciate you letting me know that you're right. You know, there are issues that we can continue to work on. And the other thing that he said to me early on that really built my respect for him, he said, listen, if I'm giving you some instruction or we're talking through something and you don't understand where I'm going, don't be afraid to ask me to clarify because the problem isn't necessarily you. It could be that I didn't explain it well and, and we can continue to work it through. And I really appreciated that about him because even though it was difficult, particularly at first, to figure out how to interact with him, it left doors open to to have that permission to know that it was okay to say, "I don't, I don't get where you're going with this." And he never screamed at me, so I guess that helped too. Uh, well, Lisa, I think, that, I think that gets into cultural norms. So yeah. you know, and unfortunately, we've got some real not very appropriate cultural norms in our world at times, yeah. um, where somebody can have that screaming, yelling match, somebody else isn't. So. You know, where I talk is you can't operate with a personal perception, right? You have to consider the other person. Communication is a two-way street. If you're not doing a two-way consideration, your message isn't going to land and you can't just point the other direction. You have to step back and think about that. So. What about uh, what about generational differences? There's a great book, and I'm actually working with the author of this book, trying to get him uh, on here at some point. But there's a great book that I read years ago that's been one of my favorites, both from a business and personal perspective. It's called Sticking Points. The author is Hayden Shaw. And he talks about the, the fact, he approaches it from the standpoint that we have multiple generations now in the workplace at the same time that have all been influenced by different factors, influenced in different ways, and have different cultural norms. And he talks about what those influences are. He talks about how we tend to interpret and approach those and how they create sticking points in particularly in the workplace, but in our relationships, things like communication style, dress code, that kind of stuff. And I'm wondering what your experience and perspective is. And we're not going to get into the fact that you and I, by classification, would be in different generations. But do you find that that those generational differences are a factor um, on a They're regular real. basis? Yeah, they're yeah. real. Um, and I think that goes, that actually supports my concept of work in a theme. It's yeah. not about um, what this generation prefers or that generation. If we understand that everybody has a particular need, preference, style, yeah. then you're going to, <clears throat> you should adapt your style to match, right? And it doesn't mean one person is always the giver and the other the receiver. It means you have to understand there is a potential of a gap here. Um, um, I think that you have to be careful with that. So assuming is not the best option. Um, I tell my team often, you can anticipate. I 
in alignment with the introduction you provided, I walk into some pretty heated situations on a regular basis. And, and in my personal world, in my professional world, um, I've talked to people off of suicidal ideations as examples of the level of here is where we're at in severity and, and crisis. Um, and equally, I walk into rooms. I mean, I've been in an executive since I was in my 30s. So you don't walk into an executive room and typically be in your 30s. <laughs> so you walk into a lot of barriers. Or necessarily as a woman. Or necessarily in, in as a woman. In situations, right? Yes. And, and I think that most people walk into that room with the assumption, I'm going to be treated differently because I'm a woman. I'm going to be treated differently because I'm young. I walk in with the anticipation I may have barriers in the way I need to present my concepts. So if I change my approach and I know that I need to think differently about how I approach something, I can navigate the generational differences. Learning styles comes into play. How am I teaching somebody something? But I think that goes to individualization, which kind of leans to my coaching side. I'm not going to coach you as I do Shalane, as I do any other members of my team. I'm going to start with understanding you. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be inquiring. I'm going to want to understand. The same thing works with culture. Same thing works with a generational difference. Help me understand you, what you need, and what your preferences are. And I'm going to try my best to operate within those. Equally, if I step somewhere that is offensive or dis, you know, disgruntling for someone, like your boss, I may say, you know, thank you for, for sharing that with me. I may not even step to apologizing. I may very well step to, I can understand where this would be a difference for how we see things. And I would love to help you understand where my intent was. Doesn't mean your perception has to change, but let's talk about where we were both coming from. And then in the future, I work to try to avoid those things. Um, I see Shalane's question about anticipation versus assumption. Um, yeah, for me, it you know, anticipating something is I am, so in those situations where I walk into tough situations quickly, I can't walk in there with assumptions or I am going to become judgmental. I am going to become defensive. I am going to allow my emotions to show. Um, I am going to be on board and on the offense. If I come in there with anticipation and I stick to my communication qualities and being true to who I am as a person and I inquire and I listen, I mean, best advice I can give anybody, if you think you're listening and your mouth is moving too much, you're not listening. So you have to be quiet. And that's really hard for Americans in particular. We don't like silence. Um, Shalane knows silence is my best avenue of communication. If I'm trying to get someone to be self-reflective, to dive deep into where their emotions are, to understand where they stepped wrong, I can sit in a healthy silence for a minute plus. Most people cannot do that. There is a power in silence and it can be used really well. But I have to be willing to use my skills and my tools and not give someone else the power over my reaction. So I anticipate where they may go. I have multiple avenues of where I can counter, how I can navigate. I call it verbal judo, I think is what it's been called at work. <laughs> and then I redirect the conversation. I feel like I'm constantly volleying a ball back into play when it's going out of bounds. I, I use guardrails a lot. I can't be so specific that I have to have this my way right away but I can give guardrails to where a healthy conversation can lie. 
assumption doesn't allow me to do that because I've already made the decision of what's coming out of this. That's also a lot of people walk in with assumption without even realizing it's not assumption about the other person. It's assumption about the outcome. They walk in with purpose and they've already made a decision and therefore they're communicating in an informative style. Sometimes they try to do it in an inclusive collaborative style, but it's not because they're not going to change their mind. So both of those are examples of assumption for me that I just, I would recommend sticking away from. Wow. This is great stuff. And, and, you know, we're going to run short on time, which I, I always, it's like, ah, there are times I go, man, this should be an hour long show because we could go on forever. Um, Lisa, I'm going to, before we kind of close out, I'm going to ask if you can stick around, I'm going to take you out of the live feed and back to what we call the green room. But if you're available for about another five minutes, I'm going to touch base with you about a couple of things after we go off the air. So let me just say this. Thank you, Lisa Steele, for being here, for sharing your expertise and your perspective. This has been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm glad you were able to join us during your coffee break. And uh, for those of you out here, I'm going to when we go off the, the the live feed today and go off the air, I'm going to touch base with Lisa and see if maybe she can be available to add some comments later on in our um, roundtable group for coffee breaks where we have some continuing conversations because I know there's some additional, I had additional questions I didn't even get to. And I'm sure some of you out there have some questions and perspectives. So once again, Lisa Steele, thank you very much. Have a great day. I'll, uh, I'll be back with you in just a minute in the green room. But uh, until then, take care. Thank you, you too. Okay, wow. That's, uh, I always love to get the perspective of people who really have a, a level of expertise. I mean, I have a lot of opinions. I've gone through some management training and other training over the years. But uh, I also recognize my own filters and my own perceptions and how that's and, and personality traits, because I tend to be a people pleaser that sometimes I will withhold certain direct comments and avoid some of the crucial conversations. It's funny because Shalan, who, by the way, if you didn't pick up on this, Shalan works with Lisa um, at the Sim Center at Pacific Northwest University. And Shalan, I think, has very similar personality traits to me, although I've seen Shalan through her work with Lisa grow in a lot of ways in terms of her ability to hold those crucial conversations and to be more direct. And I've had to learn to do that over the years, but I struggle with it. And that's just one of, of many things. Uh, listen, I want to be sensitive to the time. We're at the 10 o'clock hour right now. So I want to let you know some things that are coming up uh, in the next little while. Let me see if I'm getting the right thing up here. I got to get the right, I got to get the right perspective and the right, here we go. Wanted to tell you that next week, uh, our good friend Ann Davis East is going to be back. Most of you know Ann. She has been with us multiple times in the past to share what's on her bookshelf. And last time she was on, which was a few months ago, she said that she was considering coming on next time and talking about poets and books about poetry um, or books of poetry. I don't know specifically what book she's going to bring next week, but Anne is going to be with us next week. So you'll want to be here to hear from her. It's always interesting. It's always a lot of fun. I always walk away with some ideas of new books I want to put on my bookshelf, although right now my bookshelves are pretty full. But they're virtual books, a lot of different ways to read books right now. So um, be, make sure that you tune in again next week for that. I just also want to let you know what's coming up in the next couple of weeks as we get into the end of June timeframe. 
18th is Father's Day weekend. Still formulating exactly what our discussion is going to be, but it'll have something to do with our dads. It'll have something to do with Father's Day. Let me put it that way. I still got to figure that out. And then uh, pretty excited about June 25th. We're going to be talking about our local, our favorite coffee shops. You saw Lisa sitting there at her, one of her favorite coffee, coffee places. We're going to talk about coffee shops. We're going to do some focus on um, some of the local, privately owned, not necessarily national brand name coffee shops as well. And what I'm really excited about is we're actually going to be broadcasting Coffee Breaks with Steve live from a local coffee shop that Carol and I have found and come has become one of our favorites, if not our favorite place to go for coffee here in Spokane, just down the road from us. And so we're going to be broadcasting live from there on the 25th. We've got some things coming up in July, additional guest spots, some conversations around Independence Day, the beginning of July. So stay tuned. Keep watching for uh, all of those things as they come up. Um, what else do I want to tell you? I guess that's about it. You've been patient. You stuck with us. And I want to just again, thank you for being here. I want to remind you that uh, we only have this one life to live. We still have to learn every single day how to be effective in communicating with people. We have to learn how to be sometimes even patient with ourselves in all of the processes we go through. But I would just remind you of this, that we all have power to do something. We can all be a, a, a factor in change. We can be a force for change in this world. You have to decide what that is for you. But I'm going to remind you, as I do every week, as I send you off to find a way to make a difference in your world this week. God bless you. Have a great week.